If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 89 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on March 28th, 2021. All right, now... (laughs) Remember when I said last week that what I say at the very beginning of each show as far as shoutouts is probably going to be different than usual ever since I announced officially being with Ball 9 last week? Well, that's going to be taking form this week. So from now on, I'll be of course mentioning Ball 9 as usual, to be expected, obviously, <laughs> along with whatever sponsors are to be given to me in future weeks. And then I'll also continue my appreciation shoutouts for Grunt Talks MLB, who did agree to continue helping to spread the word about the show, which obviously I, and even everyone at Ball 9, appreciates a great deal. As far as Reckless Airwaves, while I know I still thankfully have their support, they felt it'd make more sense that since I'm with Ball 9, that that's the way it should be. And that's totally fine and totally understandable. No hard feelings whatsoever on either side. So, Reckless Airwaves, it's still a great sports platform, and I definitely still recommend to you. Check them out. But that'll be the deal going forward. So, with that being said, Yapping Yankees is being brought to you by, obviously myself, (laughs) and Ball 9. Now, Ball 9, obviously I've been saying it for countless months now, brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Any and all baseball stories articles, roundtable discussions, featured baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and much more. Visit the website. I promise you'll be glad that you did. That's Ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball9. And know what you don't know. And for still helping to get the word out about the show every week, be sure to also check out Grunt Talks MLB. Go to their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and follow them on all social medias at grunttalksmlb. Also, don't forget, guys, that just like them, you can help spread the word about Yapping Yankees and stay updated on everything with both me and the Yankees by following me on all social medias. So be sure to follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at MikeScuds97. And remember to also subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on all four platforms it's available on. That's YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Okay, happy Palm Sunday, everybody, to all of those who celebrate. Happy Passover to all who celebrate that. Now, remember, I said this at the end of last week's episode. But just as a reminder, although you're still getting this episode on Sunday the 28th, since I'm going to be with family on Sunday, I'm actually recording this episode right now on Saturday the 27th. And I'm doing the same thing next weekend for Easter too, so just another reminder. And yes, I still said the 28th at the start of this episode because that's when you're going to be getting this episode, but I'm actually recording here on the 27th. So as I'm recording right now, it's Saturday. 
And my god, is it a beautiful day outside, I just have to say that. And today's game is starting in like, uh, just under an hour from now, give or take. Today's game here on Saturday against the Blue Jays, but in any event, I hope you're having a good day regardless of when you're listening to this when it comes out tomorrow on Sunday, and I hope you had a nice week. My week was pretty solid overall, especially given the fact that opening day is mere days away, five days from when I'm recording this, four days from when it comes out tomorrow on Sunday, and all I have to say, guys, is that I'm ready for games that count. (laughs) Remember what I said a week or two ago? I said that spring training is always a blast for me when it first starts, and then also for the first two or three weeks or so, because I'm just so psyched to have baseball back, and then... Maybe like three or three and a half weeks in, towards the end, I start to say, all right, let's just jump cut to opening day and play the damn games that count. (laughs) Well, I hit that point a few days ago, and I'm just ready for the regular season. (laughs) Just give it to me already. So, I'm just really antsy for opening day to just get here already. And come Thursday the 1st, I'm going to be a very happy person. But I'm already amped that it's so close, so you've got an excited mic today. And it's going to be a good show as always, but... Before we get into all the hyperness and all of that, (laughs) I do want to just get serious for a second and say some words quickly about the passing of a fantastic human being who accomplished so much in his long life that ended on the 25th this past Thursday. I'd be wrong if I didn't say a word about this remarkable man. And you may know him from all the stories of all the good things he did throughout the years, And you've seen him for so many years now at Old Timers Day, too. And I speak of Dr. Bobby Brown. He was 96 when he passed away on Thursday, and he would have been 97 in October. And his list of accomplishments, it just speaks for itself. Really such an accomplished man. And even though his on-field career with the Yankees didn't amount to too much, I mainly say the regular season when I say that because he did do some really good things in the postseason. But regardless, he was still so highly regarded in the Yankees organization, and rightfully so. He was a member of five Yankees championship teams. He was a World War II and Korean War veteran, so he did some really good service for the United States military. He was the president of the American League for 10 years, from 1984 to 1994. And of course, he was a doctor and practiced medicine for a long time, many years. He was a practicing cardiologist. Everyone always said that as a person, he was a wonderful man, and as I said before, we had been seeing him for a long time, year after year after year, at Yankees Old Timers Day, and rightfully so, he was highly honored every single year that he attended. And he's really a legend when you think about it, given everything that he's accomplished, both on and off the field. As I said before, just a remarkable human being. So God bless Dr. Bobby Brown, truly, for the long life he lived and the stunning amount of accomplishments that he was able to achieve in all of those years of life, and may he rest in peace. Okay, now, as for today's show, let me give you my usual tease on what we're going to discuss today, what we're going to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, Mike, great idea. Use a disgusting, over-the-top New York accent in an attempt to bring the mood back up. (laughs) But anyway, first up, I've got a really fun social media segment coming up right after this intro. Lots of fun discussion coming up about the upcoming season. Looking really forward to that. Then I'm actually going to do the same thing that I did last week with Yankees News and Weekly Recap. I'm just going to combine them. It's so much easier just going day by day and discussing news and the takeaways from the games 
It's just easier to combine them, especially when there's a decent amount of news like there is lately, between injuries and roster moves and all kinds of decisions usually made with spring training coming to an end. So that's what we'll do later on in the show. So after the social media segment next, we'll discuss news from this past week, like I said before, with injuries and roster moves being made more or less. With injuries, well, a couple more happened this past week, one of them to an important player. But it would seem we actually got some really good news as of now for that important player, which is definitely a strange, but certainly also welcome change of pace (laughs) injury-wise, considering the baseball gods have had no mercy whatsoever the last few years with the Yankees when it comes to injuries. But hey, you know I'll take any and all good injury news, so we'll get to talking about those later on, along with roster moves being made. Obviously, the team had to do even more roster trimming in preparation for the 26-man when the season starts, and also decide on certain final roster spots. The bench, with guys like Jay Bruce and Talkman and Dietrich, the fifth spot in the rotation, with Herman and Davey, and all that jazz. We'll talk about all of that really exciting stuff, especially with the bench, since we know Talkman has no options left, so if he doesn't make it, then he's gone. Bruce's and Dietrich's opt-out date was also a couple of days ago, and if they don't make the roster, then, as we know, they can opt out and they're gone. And the Yanks have to make these decisions by day's end, so I guess they had a two-day window, give or take, from when their opt-out dates were. And if these decisions are to happen by chance while I'm recording, then for sure, you can bet I'll be mentioning it. But if it happens after I'm done recording by chance then you can bet your ass I'll be talking about it on my social medias. But we'll hit on all of that based on what's known at this moment, and discuss some more takeaways from this past week's games, which, as we know, was the final week of spring training. It's about damn time, right? Alright, let's have some fun. Social media question, Twitter up first. This week was an open-ended question, open response. I asked you... With opening day less than a week away to give me your hottest Yankees takes for the 2021 season. Obviously drop them in the comments below for a chance at a shout out on the show. And plenty of you did. Tons of you. I'll try to get to as many of you as I can. I'm definitely going to miss out on a bunch, but I promise I'll read out as many as I possibly can. Now, my hottest take, I'm going to stick with something that I actually already said going back months ago. And I gave this take back in the middle of January, if you remember. So I'll reiterate this and give my two cents on this since you guys know I also love to participate in these social media segments that I do with you guys. I only figure it's fair and also I just want to because it's fun (laughs) to participate on this along with you guys. But in any event, I'm reiterating a hot take that I gave in the middle of January and I'm sticking with it right now, especially given the fact that he's looked pretty good this spring and most importantly has stayed healthy. And my hottest take is that Aaron Judge is going to play 140-plus games this year, basically most of the season, not only because of last season, but because just in general, I expect him to not play all 162, because we're also talking about Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman and the Yankees overall. Just anybody and everybody involved in making this Yankees lineup, they love to give days off and switch people in and out, platoon guys, give people off days, and on those off days with the big guys, give somebody else, maybe on the bench or just somebody that could play their position, an opportunity to play. So because of off days factored in and all of that, my hot take is again that Aaron Judge will play 140 plus games. He will hit at least 40 to 45 home runs. I think that's a given because... We know what Aaron Judge is capable of when he's on the field. 
The only question is when he's on the field. (laughs) So if he is on the field for at least 140 plus, like I've said, I see no reason why he can't go deep that many times, at least. I think we'll see anywhere from like 120 to 130 RBIs in the meantime. On base percentage and slugging combining for an OPS of over 1,000, I think that'll be a given as well. But judges gotta play at least that many games and stay healthy for that to happen, in my opinion. And that's where the hot take comes in because of how much judges struggled with injuries for the last few years. So I'm going out on a limb this year, and I'm trusting Aaron Judge to play that many games and provide those kind of numbers, all the while being also the elite right fielder defensively that he always is, and I don't think he gets enough credit for a lot of the time because, and rightfully so, people are talking about what he can do with the bat when he's on the field. And as I said, I totally understand that because watching Aaron Judge hit when he's on the money, it's a treasure. I get that. But also, sometimes, that results in people overlooking another aspect of his game that he's really elite with, and that's his defense. I don't want to hear any debate on it. He is an elite right fielder. So that's my hot take, pretty much, that Judge is going to stay healthy this year, play at least 140 games, and he's just going to straight up kick ass. That's basically where I'm at. So that's my hot take. Let's go down to the comments here on Twitter and hear some of your hot takes. First up is at Laker477, and they say, Judge and Stanton finally stay healthy and both hit 30 to 35 home runs. Cole wins 18 games as the Yankees finish first in the East in route to World Series Championship number 28. Well, you know I love the optimism with that. (laughs) So I'm on board for this hot take. And you're not only believing in Judge like me, but you're extending it to Stanton. And believe me, I'm here for that, especially after how good Stanton has looked this spring. Stanton really seems like he's more ready to go than any prior season before the start of it. And also partially because of my hot take before, I have to say that if they're both to stay healthy and they play at least like 140 games each, like I said before, I think they hit even more than 30 to 35. Like I said, I think they both hit at least 40 to 45 of them. And Cole winning 18 games would obviously be awesome too. And the World Series Championship, obviously I am massively on board about that because that's the whole goal of the journey, right? All right, up next is Laura Icemont at Laura underscore Icemont, and Laura says, Gary wins comeback player of the year. Stanton and Judge stay healthy and hit 40 home runs each. Okay, so another thing saying that they think Judge will stay healthy and also extending that to Stanton, I like that, and also saying that Gary wins comeback player of the year. Hmm, that's a lot. We've spoken about how most of the Yankee fan base, rightfully so, including myself, believes that 2021 could very well be, and quite frankly should be, Gary's last chance. And Gary himself knows how much is riding on this season for him, he's not stupid. But can he have a comeback? And let alone a comeback big enough to win Comeback Player of the Year? That's a big deal. And although, like I've mentioned in the past, that I do have my skepticism about Gary Sanchez, and I still have my worries here and there... I do very much appreciate all the work that he put in throughout the offseason. His work ethic was phenomenal. He arrived at spring training basically before anybody. He was just ready to go right away, and he seems determined to do something like that to win Comeback Player of the Year, but he's got to go out there and do it come the regular season. And I'd be thrilled if that were to happen. That'd be huge. All right, up next is at Callahan underscore Tia, and she says, DJ LeMayhew will be the MVP. All right. You know I love our boy DJ. I'm definitely on board for something like that happening. 
I love doing this hot takes thing. I think it's really appropriate to do on the last Yapping Yankees episode before opening day rolls in in just a few days. Got some bold predictions already. I really like it. Let us continue. Up next is at GFraley72, and they say Brian Cashman will concoct a script that will fail, and when questioned, say it was a suggestion, and that Boone has the final say in in-game strategy and could have gone in another direction. The Yanks fail to make the playoffs, and Boone takes the fall. Yeesh. <laughs> Talk about pessimism. Uh, let me tackle this piece by piece. Concocting a script that'll fail? I mean, listen, the fact of the matter is, nobody can deny that the Yankees haven't won a title since 09, and the formulas they put together year by year since then, since the ultimate goal is to win, they've failed. <laughs> There's no way of getting around that. There's no optimism that could avoid that fact. But it's just tough for me to be so pessimistic before the regular season even starts. That's where I have a difficult time with this. And also the other thing, saying the Yanks will fail to make the playoffs, that's <laughs> that's really tough for me. I, I completely disagree with that. If the Yanks don't do it all this year, which of course I really hope they do, and they really should, especially with winning the pennant, as I've also said in the past, but if they aren't to win it all this year, I definitely do think that if they do get eliminated, it'll be in the playoffs again. I don't think there's any doubt about that. The Yanks are built to at least make the playoffs, and I'm pretty confident that they will at least make the playoffs, so I don't agree with that at all, saying that they won't make the playoffs. But we'll see. Who knows? Up next is at YankeeFrank23, and they say nobody wants to talk about it, but it's about to become a hot topic. The Yankees will really miss Zach Britton when the season starts. Had he not suffered the injury, he could have replaced Chapman as closer. If Chapman stumbles, Britain's status becomes fire. And by fire, I assume you mean really good and important. <laughs> well, yeah, I think the Yankees could miss Zach Britton when he's gone. The good thing is that it's happening at this point in the season, as I said when we spoke about Zach's injury. You'd rather something like that happen at this point rather than in the back end of the season, or God forbid, especially even in the postseason. And in the meantime, as I've also said, because of the Yankees' depth, I think they can get by for the time being without Zach. They're going to miss him. It's a big blow to the team. Nobody's arguing that. But I think they'll get by just fine for the time being. And yeah, of course, he's very important. But replacing Chapman as closer? <laughs> I think Chapman would have to do truly awful for the Yankees to even consider doing something like that. And when I say awful, I mean awful for a long stretch. <laughs> Not just awful for one night. So, I don't know if I agree with that part about him replacing him as closer, especially at the beginning, because before yesterday's game, which we'll get to later on in Weekly Recap when we discuss the big takeaways from this past week, Chapman was untouchable this spring. He was terrific. But like everyone does, because they're human beings, he had a bad night. And for the Yankees to do something so drastic as to give up on him being the closer, as I said before, I think that would have to happen a lot. <laughs> Truly awful over a long stretch. All right, let's continue on. Rebecca, at Peace Now for Life. And Rebecca says, My hot take is the entire team has a great year, no major injuries, and the Yankees will win World Series number 28. Plan the parade now. All right, no major injuries. Well, so far, of course, we have Zach Britton, and that's basically it. And it would be awesome if that stayed that way, of course. <laughs> as far as the World Series, you know, I'm more than on board for that. Plan the parade now. There's... A lot of optimism behind that. <laughs> Up next is at NYY2021WSChamps, and they say the Yankees pitching staff leads the AL when all is said and done. This team, if healthy, could be as good as the 98 team. 
damn. <laughs> I don't know about that, because the 1998 team is not only the best Yankees team ever, but I think the best baseball team ever. Like, ever. Of all time. <laughs> so, any comparison to the 98 team, that is a great deal of optimism. But, you know something? We know what this team is capable of if they perform up to par and they're healthy all throughout. We know the potential. It's just a matter of executing. And if they do, who knows? It's just really tough for me to compare anything to the 1998 team because that's just... That team is in just another universe. <laughs> that's the best of all time right there. But hey, I respect the optimism. Up next is at Blue Russian 5555. And they say, hottest Yankee take, Jordan Montgomery will win 17 games with an ERA under four. Wow, all right. Hey, listen, I'm a Monty fan. I'm down for that. I like Monty's stuff. While I think his fastball is sort of teed up there sometimes, I do like his off-speed stuff. I love his curveball. I've always loved his curveball. And as much as the win-loss stat ticks me off, I just can't stand it. I've always been one of those people, and you guys know this, especially you longtime listeners, but I have always been one of those people who has believed that the win-loss stat is amongst one of the most useless stats of just about any baseball statistic out there. But if he is to get 17 wins, and that's paired with an ERA under 4, that would definitely look good for Monty. So yeah, I would love that. Up next is at the Hitter Sports, and they say batting average rules the stat world. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> that is a hot topic amongst the baseball community of late. Batting average has definitely come under fire by a lot of people in recent years, and you guys know how I feel about batting average. It's certainly not amongst the first stats I look at now. I much prefer to look at runs batted in, especially on base percentage. How much you get on base is definitely very important to me. I'll look at OPS too, and then after that I'll look at average, and batting average still means something to me, but it doesn't mean the world by any means. But it still holds value in my eyes, even though it doesn't hold a ton of value at all. There are definitely a bunch of other stats to look at to properly evaluate a hitter. So I'm kind of in the middle on that, as you guys know. I don't think batting average means a ton by any means, but I definitely also disagree with the people who think that it holds no value at all. But I hate to break it to you, my friend. I think the days of batting average being an extremely important stat are more or less behind us, just in general in the baseball community. That's what I've observed. That's funny, though. <laughs> Up next is at Andrew Caruso 77 and Andrew says, This might be a bit of a stretch, but Cole, Kluber, and Tyone combine for a 3 ERA, and Judge and Stanton hit between 40 and 60 homers each. Well, yeah, I think, listen, Kluber and Tyone, I think, are going to have good seasons. I don't think they're going to have fantastic seasons. I think they're going to be good. They should be solid, especially if they're healthy. That's the main risk. If they stay healthy, we'll see efficient and respectable numbers put out. I'm confident in that. And obviously, as we know, not only because of how little they've pitched in the last year or so, both of them, but they'll also be on an innings limit, as will most pitchers throughout this season because of last season, but especially them because of their injury history the last year or two. But in that time, I would love if they combined for a 3 ERA. I think Garrett Cole could definitely contribute to that, of course. I see nothing but great things for Cole. And Judge and Stanton, as long as they play the 140-plus games, as I mentioned before, I definitely don't think anywhere from 40 to 45 or 50 home runs is out of the question. 60 is pushing it a bit. That might be a bit of a stretch, as you said. 
But I definitely don't think that 40 to 50 home runs is that much of a stretch. I think they're more than capable of that if they're on the field playing. But 60 home runs, yeah, that's shooting for the stars a bit. <laughs> Up next is at Brian underscore TGP. And Brian says, Glaber Torres has such a great year, offensively and defensively, that the majority of fans dismiss the idea of spending big on someone like Seager. I could see fans wanting a new first baseman, as I'm not a big Voight fan, but spending that much to move around Torres and LeMahieu is silly. Ah, I love this hot take. <laughs> if you guys have heard me at any points throughout the offseason, you guys would know that I have been a huge Glaber advocate, and I've believed that he could definitely improve defensively and even bounce back from what was a difficult 2020 offensively at plenty of times, especially at the beginning of last season when he was not in the best of shape. He was tough to watch. But I've spoken about it many times. Between someone of Glaber's age and talent, I've been a big advocate for believing in him and his ability to improve, particularly defensively. So you know what, my friend? I love that optimism about Glaber Torres. And yeah, that would definitely help dismiss the idea of going after someone like a Trevor Story or a Corey Seager like some people have spoken about. Not that I'm saying those guys aren't better. Both of those guys are great, especially Corey Seager. Nobody is arguing that. Trust me, nobody is debating that. But it would certainly help ease people's nerves about the defense at shortstop. And as far as Voight, yeah, listen, we know what he is defensively, even though he'll definitely go out there and still make his nice plays every now and again. But overall, we know what he is defensively. And offensively, he's fantastic. Love having Luke around for the bat. That's obviously his main attribute. It has been since he got here in the second half of 2018. But I love that hot take. And you may also recall me saying, too, that I don't really want to move around Torres and LeMahieu either, unless you absolutely have to. So I was just a big advocate all winter long for Glaber, and I hope that takes shape this season. All right, onward. Up next is James Celestin at Black Rebirth 52 and James says, If the Yankees are healthy and play to their abilities, they should be playing in the World Series. The American League is very weak this year. Lots of teams took a step back. This has to be the year we make the World Series. Yeah, definitely, James. And we'll talk about this a little bit more later on when I bring up injuries. But one of the teams I considered to be tough this year was the White Sox. But I think they were dealt an enormous blow with the injury of Jimenez from this past week. As far as any other teams in the American League on the subject of the American League being weaker, which... I myself, as you know, have discussed many times on this show in my argument that the Yankees really should be winning the pennant this year, which I still think they should, especially after the Jimenez injury with the White Sox, but looking around all the other teams, the Twins are also good, but the Yanks always manage to take care of them, and the Rays will be respectable as they always are at least, and the Blue Jays, they have a murderous lineup, but their starting rotation is weak outside of Hunjin Ryu. Their bullpen is okay, but has also taken an enormous hit themselves with the announcement of Kirby Yates getting Tommy John surgery. That's something else I'll be bringing up later, so he's out for the year. I don't know. I just agree with you. I really do. I've said it for a long time now, and even more at this point, with injuries having taken form with other teams as well. This has got to be it. The Yanks have got to at least win the pennant, get to the World Series, and finish the job after, damn it. Next, we have Joe T at JT Ramazzo, and they say, Slob gets sent down to AAA at one point to work on mechanics. Slob. Uh, it's really sad that I know who you're talking about, because that's just how much Yankees Twitter has gone after him. <laughs> oh boy, for those who don't know, for some reason, for whatever reason, Slob means Gary Sanchez. Just be nice, alright? <laughs> I asked for hot take, not rude take. 
But I never really understood the fat and lazy or slob thing because his work ethic otherwise is good, especially this past winter. You saw everything that he did. His execution has just been poor, especially in 2020, as we saw. And make of that season what you will because of obvious circumstances. But regardless, we saw how poor his execution was last year, and he's going to have to really prove himself this year. As we said, he's going to have to have a big comeback year. This very well could be and should be his last chance. And there are just people who can't stand the sight of the guy. Including this guy, evidently, calling him slob. <laughs> uh, the fact that I knew what he was talking about, or who he was talking about, right when I read that, just shows you how many times he's been called that. And how many times I've seen him referenced as that. And that's just sad <laughs> that I just knew that right away. It's okay to be critical of somebody, but slob? Come on, be better than that. Well, any freaking way. Up next is at NYYFanForever96, and they say, Gary Sanchez, 245 batting average, 36 home runs, 98 RBIs. Judge, 148 games played. Stanton, 145 games played. Hey, I'd like that all the way around. I mean, Gary Sanchez, 245 average, I'd take that. Near 40 home runs and 100 RBIs, I'll take that. Judge, you already know by hearing my hot take that I'm predicting he plays at least 140, so I think 148 is an appropriate number. Stanton, 145. I like that. And if they do play that much, we know what they could accomplish. Love that optimism. Up next is at Beth underscore Wellington, saying that Judge is ALMVP. Well, I'd love that too. I know a prior reply said DJ is MVP, and now this one's saying Judge MVP. I would love either one. Whichever one you want, baseball gods, I am fine with either. Alright, let's just hammer out a few more, maybe. Up next is at Yank33ZFan, and they say, Yanks send five all-stars. Stanton wins MVP. Gary, comeback player of the year. Bookmark it. Well, I'm thinking about bookmarking every single reply to this tweet. I want to see how many people are correct come the end of the season. But, wow, sending five all-stars? Yeah, that's definitely possible if everybody stays healthy. Stanton winning MVP, alright, so we got a campaign for DJ winning MVP, Judge winning MVP, and now Stanton winning MVP. Either one you want, baseball gods, I'm okay with it. Again, whichever one, whether it be DJ or Judge or Stanton. Got another bold prediction for Gary winning comeback player of the year. That's some good optimism right there. God, I especially hope that comes true about Gary. If he has a solid comeback year, that would mean so much for the Yankees, it really would. And it would mean a lot for his career, too. I think that much goes without saying. At Wynak, Huda is up next, and they say, My hot take is this team is primed for a run as long as they stay healthy. Will Sanchez finally put it all together because this could be it for him in a Yankees jersey. It's a prove-it year. Yeah, I definitely agree with both of those. We know what this team could do if healthy, and we know that this season is the same story as the past few have been. It's going to come down to health. If this team is even mostly healthy throughout, it's going to be a damn good season. If they're not... Well, as I've also established, they have plenty of depth, which is also a great thing, but it's also still going to be much more of a struggle. So yeah, I definitely agree. It's going to come down to health this year yet again, as it has. For every season the last few years, it's come down to health. And yes, we've already discussed plenty about Gary and how this could very well be and should very well be his last chance as a Yankee, and who knows what his career would even be like after that. We've also discussed how his career could even be in a bit of trouble after that if he has another bad year. So yeah, he's got to put it all together, and I'm really hoping he does, both for the team's sake and especially his own sake. Up next is Tina at MountainGal456, and Tina says, My take is that they're looking really good as a team. 
They'll just get better. They're so hyped to get this season going. They're ready. I'm ready. The fans are ready. Let's get this show started. Road to number 28. Damn right, Tina. They do. I completely agree. Love the optimism. Up next is at Yankees underscore blue, and they say Montgomery wins 14 games, becomes de facto number three pitcher in rotation, goes 14 and seven. The rotation would be Cole, Kluber, Montgomery, Herman, Tyone, Severino in order. Tyone and Severino on innings limits, so having six guys is never a problem. There are also some short IL stints for several, nothing serious. Well, yeah, short IL stints is pretty realistic, I would say, to happen. I don't doubt that. As I've said, because of last year and just because in general how much they happen in baseball, I do expect injuries to still happen this year as they already have, not only with the Yankees, but it's already taking form around the whole game. But yeah, we also had a lot of confidence in a prior apply for Montgomery, and I am all on board for that. Becoming the third starter, I don't know about that. Not quite sure about that. I think it's pretty solid having him as a number four for now. And as far as Sevy and Tyon being on innings limits, well, they're not going to be the only ones. Kluber's definitely going to have an innings limit too. And almost everybody's going to have an innings limit, so I don't really agree with only them two having an innings limit. It's definitely going to be tricky for Sevy coming back in just the second half and pitching then. But as I said earlier, a lot of guys, not only on the Yankees, but all over the game, particularly because of last season, are going to have innings limits. That's just going to be the new thing in baseball this year for the most part. And that's why so many teams are carrying like 14 pitchers and they have a lot of pitching depth as much as they can because they're going to need it. And with the Yankees, I also mentioned this last week, but I think they're going to be going much more with just the spot starts throughout the year, which I feel is what we're going to be seeing Davey do a lot of the time. And that was especially confirmed yesterday in a news report about what they did with him that we will get to later. But I think you're going to be seeing a lot of that. A lot of spot starts from a lot of the depth guys. And maybe towards the end of the season, maybe at some points throughout they use a six-man, maybe. But I think you're going to be seeing just a lot more spot starts and maybe even an opener here and there. But mostly just spot starts and situations where they need people to just eat innings for them. So as I've said, it's going to be a really interesting season. But yeah, when Sevy comes back, I don't see him and Tyone being at the bottom of the rotation just because they have innings limits, because again, everybody's going to have an innings limit, more or less. And I definitely see Sevy, even if he's not coming back until the second half, being way up there in the rotation because that's just how good he is, even if he is coming back from Tommy John. But it's still Severino, and there's also been so much optimism about how good he's looked this spring when he's thrown. Granted, he hasn't really seen live hitters yet, and he's still just working on his program, but you get what I mean. There's been so much optimism. But yeah, so there was a lot to unpack in your reply, so I did the best I could, but I do want to fit in a couple of more. Um, up next is at STM8569, and they say repeat 1998 season, total domination. Well, we got one like that in a few replies earlier. Someone making a 98 Yankees comparison, and I'll just say again, that's really tough for me to do because of the kind of team that was. The 98 Yankees, again, were the best baseball team in history, in my opinion. So that's tough for me, but obviously the potential is always there, especially with a team like this if everybody's healthy. So I don't want to say no completely, but I definitely think that's a risky take. Anything comparing to the 98 team is very risky. <laughs> Up next is at Greedy Stripes, and they say Judge and Stanton play 280 games combined in 2021. Well, you know I already predicted Judge to play at least 140. I would very much like for Stanton to do the same, and if he does, then that's give or take 280. So I would be inclined to agree. I would love if Stanton can play the same amount of games, give or take, as I am predicting Judge to do. 
All right, let's squeeze in a couple of more. I can't help myself. Up next is at Bombers Beat, and Bombers Beat says Gary Sanchez wins a silver slugger and reclaims his spot as a top flight catcher in MLB. Well, more continued Gary optimism. We've heard comeback player of the year, comeback player, all of this, and now we're even adding in a silver slugger. We got some Gary optimism in these replies, all right? I'm here for it. Listen, I'm rooting for that to happen for the sake of the team and for his sake too. All right, lastly is at Chris9244, and he says, Judge wins MVP, Sanchez rebounds to 2017 form, Tyone and Kluber both win 15 games, and Cole wins the Cy Young. The Yankees ride Stanton and Judge's combined 110 home runs all the way to a float down the canyon of heroes. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot to unpack. So another campaign for Judge winning MVP. I'm here for that. Sanchez rebounding to 2017 form. Now, I'd rather just a rebound period for Gary. To 2017 form would be incredible. We obviously remember, or at least I hope we do. I hope you do. (laughs) How great it was to watch Gary in 2017. Both in the second half of 2016 when he was called up, and then all throughout 2017. How fantastic it was to watch him play. So I'm just looking for any sort of comeback, but a 2017 comeback would be that much better. Tyone and Kluber both winning 15 games. That would be good. (laughs) That would definitely be good. And Cole winning the Cy Young. I would obviously love the hell out of that. And Judge and Stanton combining for 110 home runs. Wow. So if you split that right down the middle, they would both have to hit 55 home runs. That's, I don't know about that. I would definitely say it's safer to say they both hit, as I said before, anywhere from like 40 to 50, if they do both play around the 140 plus games that I predicted. So maybe like 90-ish home runs between the both of them, maybe, maybe 100, anywhere from 90 to 100, just taking shots in the dark at this point, but 110 would be incredible. (laughs) That would be incredible. So for this extreme amount of optimism and for all the other optimistic replies, I say from all of your lips to God's ears. So with that being said, thank you all for all of your Twitter replies and all your hot takes. I loved hearing all of these. Obviously, in my opinion, some are more likely to happen than others, but even hearing the ones that I don't think could happen that much, I still love hearing it. Just the exchange of ideas. I I love it. You guys know I love that. So before we move on to news and recap combined in the recap segment going day by day and discussing all the major takeaways from this past week's games as well, let's hear a couple of hot takes from Instagram. As always, we got some input from my amazing girlfriend, Victoria, and also my mom. So let's hear Vic's hot take. Vic Salimo says, Judge is about to slay everybody and stay healthy until the end. I love it. You know, I agree with that. Both Judge and Stanton have looked really good health-wise this spring and even production-wise at the plate, and I just love the optimism behind their health. And lastly, we've got my mom, Julia Gina Scudero, as always, and my mom says, My hot take on this season is that Judge and Stanton will play the entire season healthy, and if they do get injured, just with minor injuries, not keeping them out more than three or four games, give or take. Let's hope I'm right. Yeah, let's hope you are right, Mom. I would love that. (laughs) And yeah, even if they do just maybe tweak something like very small where they just need to sit out for a couple of days, you know, that happens to some guys sometimes too. So if that's to happen to Judge and Stanton, then fine. 
They just sit out for a couple of days and nothing bad beyond something like that. And they could easily still fit in like 140-ish games like I've said if that's to happen. But I love it. Just continued optimism on the health of Judge and Stanton. And it would be appropriate because as I said before, both health-wise and at the plate and everything, they've both looked really solid. But that is all for this week's social media segment, guys. I really had just as much fun as I thought I was going to have, just given hot takes on this final episode before the arrival of opening day on Thursday. And as always, even if I didn't get to you, you know that I appreciate you replying so, so much. Just keep on replying on future episodes on social media, on Twitter and Instagram. I promise I'll get to you eventually. You hear how many replies I fit in. I'm bound to get to you eventually at some point. (laughs) So just keep trying. But regardless of where you interacted from this week, whether it be Twitter or Instagram, I thank you so, 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 so much, as always, for interacting. It means more than you know to me. You know that. And if you want to see some replies on Twitter, for yourself at least, obviously you can't see them from Instagram because I receive them in my DMs and you do not have access to that. So if you want to see some from Twitter, then just go on over to my Twitter page, as always, at Mike Scudero. Just scroll down and look for the social media interaction tweet. And just look at the comments. They're all under there. And you'll be able to see them all, whether I got to them or not. But once more, thank you all so, so much for all of your interacting this week and giving me your hot takes for 2021. But let us get to the final part of the show, which is the weekly recap and Yankees news combined. So just like last week, we'll go through each day, basically day by day, since we last spoke last Sunday. And with each day, I'll give you any significant Yankees news that came out that day, along with the major takeaways from the game that day. So just combining Yankees news and weekly recap pretty much. Much easier, much more efficient. Makes more sense when there's quite a bit of Yankees news to discuss like there is lately with the end of spring training coming up. And there is quite a bit, from the major takeaways, to some more injury news, to some more roster news that we're waiting on. As I said earlier on in the show, they have to make a decision on Bruce and Dietrich and Talkman before the day ends, so I assume we'll be getting word on that very shortly, as the game is not far away from starting at all right now for today. And besides looking at replies for the social media segment for today's episode, I haven't really checked any sort of news or anything on my phone for a little bit now, so for all I know, something could have come out already. But I'll check that in a little bit after we go through some stuff that's already happened from this past week, and we'll see if anything happens before I end this recording, and we'll talk about it if anything does as far as roster moves or what have you. But let's jump back to last Sunday and then work our way up to now. So last Sunday, where we left off at the end of last week's episode, I think it was 4 to nothing Yankees just after Dietrich drove in that fourth run on an RBI single in the first. And then Thyro Estrada hit a three-run shot in the third. Then Tyler Wade, RBI single. I know, I know. You need me to pinch you? <laughs> Pitching-wise, Cole started the game. He looked really good. Five innings of one-run ball. Only gave up a solo shot in the fifth. He struck out eight. So, really good stuff from Garrett against the team that he will be taking on at the stadium on opening day Thursday. Then, after Cole was done, Wajowski came in after and pitched an inning and a third shutout, striking out three, but he was taken out in the middle of that sixth inning when it looked like he was experiencing some discomfort. And it was announced after that that he apparently injured his lat. So, this was one of the couple of injuries I was talking about earlier. And that injury bug, it keeps biting especially with the minor leaguers or the depth guys like this. 
But again, he's another example of someone who I really didn't see having a role with the team at all, barring absolute catastrophe injury-wise, of course, but even he's joined the group of injury victims now. So, not a blow to the team, really, but of course, I don't want to see anyone get injured, so I hope he recovers as soon as possible. But after him, Lucas Litke gave up his first runs of his great spring, two runs in an inning and a third, Addison Russ came in to get the last out of Litke's inning, and then Goody pitched a shutout ninth, and the Yanks won 8-3 against the Jays last Sunday. Moving on to Monday, the Yanks played the Phillies, and it was not a fun day for the Yankee Bats. The offense was deader than dead. <laughs> no runs scored, only two hits, and they both came off the bat of Stanton. So, Stanton continued his good spring. Pitching-wise, Tyone started the game, two and two-thirds innings. He just allowed a run, struck out five, and... He ran into some bad luck in the third inning with some hits, and he didn't make it through the inning, but he's looked great this spring, so one tough inning ain't ever hurt anybody, right? Especially in an exhibition game. <laughs> so that was the deal with Tyone. Green would come in and get that last out, finish that inning, and then pitch the next inning and gave up one run, even though that run scored after a Geo throwing error, and then a double that only happened because Clint lost the ball in the lights. So it's unfortunate that that run was actually earned towards Chad Green, but whatever. The rest of the big pen guys followed. Chapman pitched a scoreless fifth, O'Day a scoreless sixth, then Justin Wilson came in, and between the Yankee bats being dead, and this next part with Justin Wilson, both with him not doing well and the result of it afterwards as well, I'd say we got ourselves a good old triple whammy here. <laughs> so, the first bad thing, of course, the Yankee bats being dead, and then the second thing was that he didn't do too well, again, Justin Wilson meaning, he gave up a two-run shot to our boy Didi, and then after that, after throwing a pitch, this is where the next bad part comes in, he motioned for Boone and the trainers to come out, and he came out of the game. He described it at first as feeling shoulder tightness, he got an MRI, and here's actually the good part, here's where it gets good. So after the MRI, this is where that third part of the triple whammy with the injury actually resulted in something good, for once. So the MRI, for once, actually gave the Yanks some really good news. Basically the best possible news outside of there being nothing wrong at all. And that good news is that, as of now at least, it's nothing that requires an IL stint or surgery or anything of the like. It's basically day-to-day. -day. He was just given anti-inflammatory medication, and he's continued to receive treatment, and he was said to be able to begin a throwing program in just a few days from getting these results, which it's been a few days at this point. And it would seem like the team is a team of their word, because Justin Wilson has apparently began throwing today. And since they are sort of running up on opening day here, there is no official word if there will or won't be an IL stint. It's starting to look like there won't be. He was apparently throwing at around 75% today, felt really good. And it might have just been an issue with not being able to warm up well that night. And that's apparently what he said. He just felt like he couldn't really warm up and that his shoulder was tight that night. So he's already started throwing, the MRI revealed nothing that's worth taking action for, like surgery or an IL stint as for now, and this is a big, big relief. For a few days, it was really nerve-wracking listening to this, especially for me, because I've been touting up Justin Wilson since he was signed. I've thought since the moment he was signed that he was going to be a really important part in the middle of this bullpen to help bridge the gap between the starter and the back end of the pen to guys like Chad and Chapman and even Zach Britton before it was announced that Britton was hurt. So honestly, I am really, really relieved that 
at least as of now, Justin Wilson's shoulder tightness really doesn't seem it's going to turn into anything. The guy's already throwing, and I don't know if he's going to be immediately back for opening day right away, but if not, then I imagine maybe he'll miss a few days at the most, which is nothing. So again, because of how excited I've been about Wilson, and of course after the Zach Britton news, the bullpen had already taken a big hit with that, when we were waiting for Wilson's MRI results, I was really sweating. <laughs> I was so nervous, but it was really a big relief to hear that this is basically, it seems like a nothing burger. So as for now, Wilson seems totally fine, and it's just a matter of time until we see him on the mound again. And let's hope he can stay on this path. So yeah, this is the important player that I referenced at the start of the show. So the two players, as I said, were Wojowski and Wilson, and Wilson being the important one, really, definitely more important than Wojowski, to the team meaning. And like I referenced before on the subject of injuries, as expected after a season like last year, injuries are really grab and hold elsewhere too, not just with the Yankees, and honestly, in much worse fashion. Other teams aren't so lucky at all to get the good news like that of Wilson's. And they're getting injuries to their main stars, like the Padres with Tatis Jr., especially after he just signed his 14-year contract. The Blue Jays with Kirby Yates, who they just acquired to be a huge boost to their bullpen as their closer. And he's getting Tommy John. He's done for the year. And someone else who I mentioned earlier, Aloy Jimenez of the White Sox. Massive blow. He ruptured his peck, and he's going to be out for five to six months. The list goes on. So... Even though the Yanks have obviously had enormous trouble with injuries the last few years, don't think it's just them going through it. Do not be mistaken. This is a thing all around baseball. And again, so far, the only injury of concern the Yanks have sustained at this point is Britain. And as I've said time and again, I'd rather it happen at this point in the season than late in the year to someone like Britain, or even in the playoffs. And I think they can get by for the time being. And let's obviously hope it stops here and that the rest of the depth guys are minor league guys who have gotten hurt lately recover quickly. But my point is, this is a thing all around baseball, guys, and expect it to continue, unfortunately, especially after a season like last year. It's bound to be bad again. But in any event, with Monday's game, the Phillies went on to win that 4 to nothing. And I'm actually just looking over at my TV now, and I see the game today is just starting. And I think I actually also saw somewhere that today's game is going to be eight innings. So, whatever. Who cares? There's only two spring training games left after today anyway. And I also am checking Twitter now, and there's quite a bit of news that's poured in in the last 15 minutes or so. I guess while I was doing the social media segment. Wow. Lots going on. I'll get to it later once we're caught up to today, but... Speaking of injury news like that of Wojowski and Wilson, like I just got done talking about, there's more now. <laughs> so I guess I spoke too soon. <laughs> oh my god, I just can't win. And the roster decisions, by the way, from what I'm reading, have also been officially made. Alright, good. So I can mention that on this episode. I like that. And part of these decisions is definitely partially because of this new injury news. So, yeah, I'm actually just reading all of this just now on Twitter. Wow, this is a lot to take in. Alright, let's catch up to today, and then we'll talk about today's crap. <laughs> Tuesday's game. That ended in a tie against the Tigers, again, actually. That's actually already happened earlier on in spring training. But Kluber started the game, and although he got into a little bit of trouble at times, which also drove his pitch count up, I gotta tell you, all bias aside about my boy Kluber, I still liked how he looked. And some people were expressing concern about velocity and him getting into a little trouble. 
Guys, when has Kluber ever been a hard thrower? He's always been one to have a great sinker and a hard slider, both of which to me, especially in spring training, have looked fine. He's never been a hard thrower, so I don't know what people are thinking about. Are you getting Kluber confused with somebody else? Because Kluber's always been a hard sinker baller and someone known to have a really good breaking ball. Slider is elite. But he's never been a hard thrower. But anyway, he pitched three and two-thirds. He allowed a run, but it wasn't earned because of a passed ball. He walked three guys, part of his pitch count being worked, and struck out four. So, not a great start, but not bad by any stretch either, if you ask me. And again, I don't only say that because I'm the leader of his fan club. It's my genuine opinion. <laughs> so, no earned runs, and he now has a 186 ERA this spring. 186. And I know, no one has said it more, it's spring training, but it's worth at least looking at. Nick Nelson came in afterwards who, as I said on last week's episode, he definitely has a chance to be a guy who steps up for that Yankee bullpen this year in times of need and otherwise. He pitched two and a third, giving up a run and striking out three. His stuff still looked terrific. Luis Garcia pitched a scoreless seventh after that, and then Nick Goody pitched an inning and allowed a game-tying three-run shot. And I even tweeted this, this was an original, a little play on words, but Nick Goody was Nick Batty that day. Uh, <laughs> God, I'm dumb. Anyway, Brooks Krisky pitched a shutout ninth inning, and offensively, Mike Talkman led off the game with a solo shot. He would also score on a wild pitch later. Then Yankee legend Greg Allen, <laughs> he hit a sack fly, and then a solo shot later on in the game. And Chris Giddens, after that, hit another shot. He's strong, man. Solo homer, and again, the game ended in a 5-5 tie. I hate tie games. <laughs> Wednesday, some more roster moves. The Yanks announced that Wajowski, after getting hurt, alongside Kyle Bearclaw, Socrates Brito, and Ryan Lamar were assigned to the alternate site. So, more roster situating took place, and those guys will be at the alternate site, along with the others there for when and if the Yankees need them. As far as the game, well, what is there to say other than that the Yankees looked like they wanted spring training to just be over, like the rest of us at this point, if I'm being honest. Davey Garcia started the game, and he just didn't have it. Three innings, seven hits, four runs, all earned. He walked a couple of guys. Again, he just didn't have it. You may recall me saying, even before this start, that despite how great of a spring Davey had had himself, too, that Herman would be getting that fifth spot. I've been saying that for some time now. And this start by Davey pretty much confirmed that even more in my mind. And as you're going to hear later, that eventually became a reality. So I was right yet again. <laughs> and you guys know that I still love Davey. I love the kid. One rough spring start sure as hell isn't going to undo that. And I would certainly hope it doesn't for any of you either. <laughs> because the kid is still so young, and he's such a stud with enormous potential that we got plenty of insight on last season that I'm confident we'll see again throughout the year when the Yanks need innings from others, which will happen. Trust me. I've stressed that a lot because it's the truth. And I'll reiterate this later when we talk about what eventually did happen with that fifth spot in the rotation. But in any event, again, on Wednesday, he definitely got hit around good. Sessa pitched two innings after him and allowed another run himself. Not much of a surprise there. And then after that, everyone else on the mound did a nice job. Lucas Litke pitched an inning and two-thirds shutout. Russ got the last out of Litke's second inning of work. Bearclaw pitched a shutout inning, and so did Albert Abreu. 
The offense, well, there was none. The Yanks did get six hits on the night, two from Gary, two from Gardy, and one each from Judge and Stanton, but no runs to show for it, and the Yanks lost 5 to nothing to the Jays. Thursday. This was the opt-out day. Again, as I mentioned earlier, this was the opt-out day for guys like Bruce and Dietrich, who could walk if they didn't make it to the roster, as their fates to be or not to be on the roster were to be decided. And at the time, it was announced that a decision would be made within the next 48 hours from Thursday afternoon, so I guess they had a two-day window to decide who makes the roster and who doesn't, for those who can opt out, like Bruce and Dietrich. So that's where they left that at the time, and as I just said a little bit earlier, there is official news about that that just came out not long ago today, and we'll be addressing that later, but when we catch up to today. But that's where they left that at the time, just a couple of days ago on Thursday. Now, as for the game, the game was absolutely wild. <laughs> the Yanks ended up losing 13-12 to as they had a late comeback, and they were down by quite a bit for a lot of the game, but it was crazy. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. Pitching-wise, Michael King started the game, and if you want me to put it bluntly, which I'm usually good for, he was a disaster. Horrible command. And again, I know, spring training, I know. But we've seen this already before, despite him, of course, also having had good moments at times. And I've said this before, so this doesn't have to do with this start alone by any means. But Michael King is strange, man. His stuff moves well, but he just hasn't figured it out yet command-wise. Just hasn't put it together. I'm not really a fan of his as of right now. I'm not saying he can't improve, I'm not saying that at all. But right now, and after what I've seen so far out of him in his young career, I'm not a fan. He really got shelled in this game. Again, his command was just so, so off. Two and a third innings, seven runs on five hits, he walked a couple of guys, he hit a couple of guys with pitches. As I said, horrible, atrocious command. After him, Trevor Lane pitched two-thirds of an inning shutout. Loisica pitched three innings, just allowed a run. Luis Garcia pitched a shutout inning. Tyler Lyons came in to pitch an inning, and he just absolutely bombed. Four runs in that inning of work. And then when the game was tied at 12 at the end, Nestor Cortez Jr. gave up the game-winning run to cap off what was, again, a crazy damn game. <laughs> Offensively, again, a crazy, crazy game. The Yanks scored 12 runs themselves, so a lot happened there. Aaron Judge hit his first home run of the spring in the first inning, and my god, was it a massive shot. <laughs> massive. So, those flipping out for some reason about him not having hit one before that, you could be quiet now. <laughs> so he hit an atom bomb, and so did Glaber. Three-run nuke for him. Luke scored on a wild pitch. Chris Giddens hit yet another home run. I gotta tell you, I have to reiterate this. I've liked him for some time now, and that's only continuing this spring. But after that, the minor leaguers went to work, though, for that late comeback that I mentioned before. Armando Alvarez, RBI single. Kellen Deglin, RBI single. Ezekiel Duran, RBI double. Estevan Florial, hasn't been much of him this spring. He hit a game-tying two-run double. And then, as I said before, the Phillies would win 13-12. Friday. Interesting note for this that forecasted Derek Dietrich's future, if you ask me. He was in the lineup when it was first released. And then a little later on, he was scratched from it. And now after seeing the news today that we're yet to discuss, we'll discuss in just a few minutes, it would seem that I was correct for thinking that way at the time, that that could very well be an indication about his future with the team. Also, 
Remember a few minutes ago when I hinted at what happened with the fifth spot in the rotation between Herman and Davey? Well, here's the follow-up. On Friday, the Yanks also announced in the evening that they optioned Davey Garcia to Triple A. Now, as I've said in the past, I just want to reiterate all of this. Since I anticipated this would be the case, that does not mean, and I want to stress this yet again, that does not mean you're not going to see Davey again by any means. Particularly because of the innings limit that not only guys like Kluber and Tyon will have because of injury risk, but innings limits that nearly everyone in the game, again, is going to have this year because of last season. I want to stress that to you because it is the truth. I've said this already, and the Yankees have said this already, but I just wanted to stress it again. Davey will be back up plenty for spot starts and eating innings when the Yankees need throughout the year. This will be the case for lots of teams, if not all of them. So you will see Davey again. Do not stress it. This isn't surprising, though, because as I've been saying for weeks, regardless of the horrific things that Herman has done off the field, on the field, he's been terrific. And as I've also said, I know lots of fans are still not okay with Herman being on this team at all, and I hear them too. You all know by now how disgusted I am with what he did. I will never blame those people for not feeling okay with him still being here. But strictly on-field performance, again, he's had a fantastic spring. So, as I predicted would happen, the Davy optioning to AAA basically confirms that Herman is the fifth starter. And speaking of starters, God, my transitions are always so smooth, aren't they? <laughs> oh boy. But speaking of starters, Cole started the game, and he looks like he's ready for opening day, man. I'll tell you that much. He himself even said as much. But five and two-thirds shutout, five strikeouts, he looked really good. Darren O'Day got the last out of that inning for him. Chapman came in afterwards, and for the first time this spring, he was really wild. He just didn't have it. And he was showered with booze afterwards in a spring training game. <laughs> Imagine wasting energy as a fan over a game that doesn't count. But anyway, he gave up three runs, two and a couple of wild pitches. Again, he just was really off. Very, very wild. Goody came in afterwards to finish the inning. Chad Green pitched a scoreless inning after that. And then Krisky pitched the ninth and allowed a run. The offense only scored one run on an RBI ground up by Rob Brantley. And the Orioles won 4-1. to one. Now, today's game is in the first inning. Chassin is the starter. He pitched a scoreless first. The Yankees are up at bat right now. And I did mention that a lot of news came in before having to do with a new injury update and also that was immediately followed by roster news. But the injury update <laughs> is that Luke Voigt is getting surgery to repair a partially torn meniscus in his knee. And it looks like that inflammation in that left knee that I've mentioned he's been dealing with for a little while now was more than just knee stuff to play through, as we were all saying. <laughs> this team is cursed, I swear. I laugh because what else can you do at this point with the subject of injuries? Seriously. Uh, apparently, there's just three weeks without baseball activity. Only three weeks. So probably looking at four to six weeks total from what I'm reading right now. So Memorial Day, maybe a little earlier, mid-May. Boone said considerably earlier than June. Whatever the hell that means. But... If I had to guess, I'd say like mid-May, and this obviously sucks, that goes without saying, but this could definitely be worse. It's only four to six weeks, give or take. That's really all the time that a partially torn meniscus should take. And 
Just like the Zach Britton thing, it's best to just get this done now, especially in this case with Luke. We know that he was dealing with some knee problems prior, but it's just best to get this done now. I saw a quote about this before from the Yankees saying that if this happened later down the road, like a bit later in the season, they may have just given him like a cortisone shot and just worked with him on the fly just to get the inflammation down and just work with it just along the way. But as of right now, we're still at the end of March, at the tail end of spring training, and if they can knock this out with surgery right now and get him back by mid-May, then that's good. So despite how irritating it is to hear about another injury to another big guy, boy, I spoke too soon about saying that Zach Britton was the only big guy so far, <laughs> but it's best to knock this out now, and it would be really good if he were back by mid-May, which I have to say that would probably be my guess. And I'm going based off the information that I'm seeing here so far. And even if it is to take a couple more weeks beyond that for whatever reason, then you're still looking at around Memorial Day. But you know what this news also does, as I also preluded to before, this solves the roster problem for Bruce and now allows for him and Talkman to make the team. And throughout this past week, especially because of the hot start that Bruce had, but since that hot start he had cooled off, there was actually a lot of discussion going on throughout the week of people saying that they would rather see Talkman make it now, even though they already have Brett Gardner as a backup outfielder, but they would actually rather see Talkman make it over Bruce if it came down to that one last roster spot. Not everybody felt that way, but there was a lot of talk about that. But now this Luke Voigt injury opens up another spot. It allows Talkman to make it, and even though there were rumors that Bruce would be on the way out if Talkman did make it, which it seemed like that was what was going to happen before this Luke news came out, now you'll have Bruce playing first base for the time being while Luke is out. And again, granted he's cooled off lately since his hot start, definitely. He could always heat up. I mean, baseball is full of ups and downs, we know that. But they've got that lefty raw power bat now. So that's the news on Voight as of right now with the news about Bruce and Talkman going hand-in-hand hand with that, so they now have roster spots, which would make it seem that Derek Dietrich is gone, released, and he's probably going to find another team that is in need of his versatile depth abilities. And again, as I said last week, I know he didn't have a spring that really turned anybody's heads, Derek Dietrich meaning, but I really thought he would have been a solid depth piece, man. I'm not happy about seeing him go. But as for Jay Bruce... I mean, nobody wants to see Luke Voigt go down, but for him personally, this Voigt news clears up the spot for him. Gives him a clear avenue to be the first baseman until Luke returns. So good for him. So as of this moment, it's looking like this roster is more or less finalized after this news came out. So it looks like the Yanks will start out carrying 13 pitchers, along with the starting nine, obviously, which includes Bruce now since Void is getting surgery, so Bruce is not a bench spot. He's going to be the everyday first baseman until Luke returns, with Mike Ford probably backing him up whenever they need him, I imagine. And then they have their remaining four on the bench for the 26 men, and the bench seems like, as of the Void injury, again, it's going to be Gardy, Higashioka, Wade, and Talkman. So as of this moment right here, right now, guys, on Saturday afternoon when I'm taping at this moment, that looks like it very well could be the Yankees 26 men. And I also noticed in addition to the Voight and Jay Bruce news, and just to add on to what I said before about Dietrich getting released because of just Bruce and Talkman making it and not him, also released is Robinson Chirinos, and that's really unfortunate for him that he had to get hit in the wrist like that. And of course, I refer to when he got hit in the wrist with that pitch, and he fractured his wrist, and that obviously took him out of any running, really, to make the team. So, I guess since he was signed to a minor league contract, since he got that long-term injury, a fractured wrist is a big deal. 
then it makes sense to release him. So a very short-lived bout for Robinson Chirinos with the Yankees. So he and Dietrich released. And obviously, since Bruce is going to be playing first in Voight's absence, obviously it goes without saying that he is now signed to a major league contract and added to the 40-man. And the Yanks also did an IL transfer, which I guess is what opened up the spot officially for Bruce on the roster itself. And that move is that they transferred Clark Schmidt to the 60-day IL with that same elbow strain that he got at the start of spring training. And from the little we've heard about Clark, it would seem like he's still having some pain there, so that's not a great sign for him. So in the meantime, he is transferred to the 60-day IL. That is definitely what freed up the space for one more spot and allowed for Bruce and Talkman to make the team. And that's basically all there is to it. Robinson Chirinos released alongside Derek Dietrich, as I said before. Jay Bruce signed to a major league contract and added to the 40-man, so he can play first base in Luke's absence. And Clark Schmidt transferred to the 60-day IL. So that's all your roster news, including the roster news that, again, just came out a short time ago, as I just saw pop up on my phone when I checked on Twitter. And also, that's the Luke Voigt news, and a partially torn meniscus again for him. He's going to be getting surgery for that. He'll have to go three weeks without any baseball activity, and then hopefully just a couple of weeks after that, maybe he'll be back. And again, maybe guessing mid-May for him. So good to get that out of the way now, get it done with. Better to have that done now than later, but it's just so annoying. It really is. Just the injuries have just rendered everybody speechless at this point, including myself. What else can you say about it? So, you see what I'm talking about, guys? Even with that news that just came out on the fly in the middle of the segment there, there was already a lot to talk about, and then there at the very end, just created even more. So, that's why I again combine news with the weekly recap, just easier to combine the segments. So, basically for right now, that's all there is to know. You got your scoop on everything, guys, as you always do here on Yapping Yankees. You know, anything happens with the Yankees, you're going to get coverage on it here. Now, really quick before I wrap this episode up, obviously I'm going to tell you what we got for the upcoming week as far as games are concerned. Now, I know you're getting this episode tomorrow on the 28th, but I'll still mention the game. Obviously, the Yankees will be taking on the Phillies at 1.05 p.m. Eastern, the first of the final two spring training games remaining. Corey Kluber is taking on Zach Wheeler, and this will definitely be Kluber's last spring start because this is the second-to-last spring training game. So, Kluber's had a pretty good spring, and we'll see if he could finish on a strong note. And then on Monday, you have our final spring training game. The Yankees will be taking on the Tigers once more at 1.05 p.m. Eastern. Herman will be getting that start. That'll be his final spring start. Then Tuesday and Wednesday, the Yankees are off, obviously in preparation for opening day, which will be on Thursday the 1st, of course, opening day in Yankee Stadium in the Bronx, the first game of the return of our beloved 162-game schedule. The Yankees will be facing the Blue Jays, as we've been saying, Blue Jays ace Hunjin Ryu against Yankee ace Garrett Cole. It feels surreal that opening day is only days away, guys, and also that we're about to have a 162-game season, and after last season, that doesn't even feel real. But again, Cole will obviously be taking the mound that day, and he'll be on six days rest after his last spring training start on Friday, and opening day's game is at 1.05 p.m. Eastern. Friday, there's an off day, and that's pretty typical for the opening weekend, usually. Every season, they have the first game, and then the next day on Friday is usually a day off. And we'll see if that causes the Yankees to do anything funny with the rotation, really, because honestly, they've done that in past years. They've just messed around with the order a little bit for the first week or two because of that off day at the very beginning of the season. This would not be the first time they've done that, and given what happened last season and 
as a result, some of the changes you're going to be seeing this season, who knows, they could be willing to do anything. And then next Saturday, which is when I'll be recording next again because Easter's next Sunday. Just a little reminder there yet again for you, but you will be getting next weekend's episode on Sunday, just like you're getting this episode on Sunday, even though I'm recording it here on today, Saturday. But next Saturday when I tape again, obviously it'll be the second game of the three-game weekend set on opening weekend between the Yankees and the Blue Jays. That game will be at 1.05 p.m. Eastern as well. And then on Sunday when you hear from me next, that'll be when you get next week's episode on Easter, it'll be the final game of the three-game set between the Yanks and the Jays, also at 1.05 p.m. Eastern. And with that being said, as for now, that is all for episode 89 of Yapping Yankees today. So let's give one last shout out to Ball 9, of course, and Grunt Talks MLB. Ball 9 truly brings you some of the best baseball content out there, guys. Any and all baseball stories, articles, roundtable discussions, featured baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and so much more. Visit the website ball9.com and follow Ball9 across all social medias at Ball9, and know what you don't know. And also be sure to check out Grunt Talks MLB, guys. Go to their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content, and follow them on all social medias at Grunt Talks MLB. And of course, also be sure to follow me on all socials, guys. Keep up with everything having to do with me, the Yankees, and Yapping Yankees announcements, content, and Twitter and Instagram social media segments every Saturday. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at MikeScuds97. And don't forget to also subscribe to the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel and also subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And why not listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you've missed while you're at it, guys? Episodes 34 up to episode 89 today are available on YouTube, and all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Once again, as always, thank you 3,000 for listening to me yap today. I am Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday on Easter, April 4th, even though I'll be recording on Saturday the 3rd, when I come at you with episode 90 of Yapping Yankees. Episode 90. Episode 100 is going to be here before we know it, guys. But until then, hang in there, be patient, please stay safe, look out for your loved ones, enjoy opening day on Thursday. God in heaven, I need it like I need oxygen. But it's just around the corner, guys. Just gotta keep reminding myself of that. (laughs) Enjoy your week, my friends, and take care. (laughs) 